Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. This episode was recorded before Vladimir Putin's complete invasion of the West. So in honor of that event, this episode will be simulcast in both English and Russian. <laughs> A trucker convoy was blocking ports of entry from Canada into the United States. American politicians wanted to do the same thing here and even had plans to block the SoFi Stadium before the Super Bowl. It's Los Angeles traffic. Who would know the difference? <laughs> in Los Angeles traffic, the five freeway can turn into a parking lot if a motorist stops to look at a nude selfie Britney Spears posted on Instagram. It would be interesting to see them do that outside M&T Bank Stadium before a Ravens game. Of course, those poor truckers would probably get shot. <laughs> and that would be before the Baltimore City Police got there. Jeopardy fans are taking issue with the phrasing used by part-time host Mayim Bialak. They're upset because she's referring to the first round of the game as single jeopardy. 
I think those Jeopardy fans are just upset at the fact that, unlike them, Mayim Bialak actually has a life. <laughs> and on that note, on with the show. Please draw me a welcoming Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, and Devin Kerr. Uh, Devin, welcome back. How are things? I, had, I unlocked a brand new achievement this week, you guys. I was banned from an air frying group on Facebook. What? Um, because, <laughs> yes, because I posted recipes that confused people because they posted things that were bland and I had ethnic ingredients that they didn't know where they were going to find. And um, I did not know that racism existed even in an air frying group. So, <laughs> yep, this is what happens when all the Karens finally become managers. So, so they wanted boring, uh, white centric. Uh, uh, air fried foods and you made foods with your air fryer with flavor and spices yes i mean i wrapped a hot dog in a parata that you can buy at wegmans i mean it's in the produce it's at wegmans i didn't even say you know i hesitated i didn't even say um, like international grocery because i knew it would scare them off but i said it's a, it, you can't even find it at walmart in a freezer section a parata you know it's like an onion naan and i wrapped the sausage and they're putting the air fryer and that was scary for them i had so much questions and people were like i don't know where to find this this is scaring me and and yep i got banned what was the name of this group uh making air make air frying great again uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's too many characters for them to type in <laughs> i think <laughs> yeah it's been a weird few weeks i don't know if you'll there were teach there were parents outside of schools bribing kids with donuts to make sure they don't wear masks. Oh, yeah. oh wow. That's insane, right? But then my kid took a donut and then put a mask back on and ran away. <laughs> I love that kid already. <laughs> He's fun. During the pandemic, a new online game became the craze as Wordle can often be referenced in one's social media feeds. I haven't cared to look it up, but I imagine Wordle is actually crack for grannies and millennials who got COVID after licking clean the collapsible table on which they play beer pong. Please join me in welcoming back to the show, science writer, Tara Haley. Hello. Hello. Tara, welcome back. I think we've had you on uh, once before when I think the pandemic was uh, sort of rampant and going unchecked. It was before, it was before the 2020 election. I mean, now that we've seen like vaccines be administered, you know, a new administration taking over, um, what's your view on this, uh, on how things are going now? Is it, uh, in, in your mind, is it, has it gotten better or? Oh God, no. <laughs> I find it amusing that you said last time we talked, the cases were raging when at this exact moment in time, we have more seven day average cases than we've ever had. We're on the downslide from Omicron, but before Omicron, the highest peak of Delta, we still have more cases right now than we had then. And yet everybody seems to think the pandemic is over. So um, I, I'd say things have gotten, I mean, things are better in that we have vaccines. Nothing can change the fact that that is the most important, you know, that, that makes a huge difference in terms of avoiding severe disease, hospitalizations and death. Um, but beyond that, and we've got, you know, like orange Cheeto out of office or whatever. So that's, you know, that's a plus. I have felt more frustrated and demoralized in the past couple of weeks than I have for much of the rest of the pandemic because um, 
there's just there's so many things that are going wrong right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and honestly, the fact I, I'm sure a lot of your listeners will be surprised to hear me say that. And that's what's wrong. Like, that's the problem. The problem is that no, you know, we're all exhausted. We're all over it. We all want to move on. And that's not how pandemics work. No, um, no, I, we're tired of it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Okay. I have generally like most people not been a fan of the war analogy, right? Like war on drugs, war on terror, war on fill in the blank is usually a bad analogy, right? This is the one time when I wish we had used it because it makes sense to say, you know, if, if I were to say to somebody, you know, Hey mom, when can we turn on the lights and just leave them on during the blitz? everybody would understand what a dumb question that is, like what a nonsensical question that is and the fact that it's not answerable. And yet we have hundreds and hundreds of people saying, so when can we take the masks off? Well, I mean, like, do you think I have a crystal ball? I mean, it's the danger isn't less now than it was, you know, X times ago, except for the fact of having vaccines. I mean, obviously for individuals, the risk for vaccinated people is definitely lower. But in terms of public health risk, it's still way up there. And, um, and people just don't seem to care. <laughs> yeah, Tara, what would advice, because this came up at my own um, organization very recently this week, they're seeking feedback about, because you know Hogan lowered the mask mandate where I work is in Baltimore County. And we don't want to go back. We, we, we want to keep the masks. I think that's the general mm-hmm. consensus. And So my supervisor sort of asked us all, like, what are your opinions on this? Because the pushback is they they said they were not going to, but that we all need to think about how we're going to transition to an endemic. And my attitude is like, let's at least get through the rest of this semester before we start talking about whether we're not going to wear masks in classrooms and stuff like that. But anyway, what's your advice for like, what should we be telling our administration that is compelling because they keep saying we're going to listen yeah. to the science, we're going to okay, listen to the evidence, but they're also getting all of this pushback from the the county and the you know the government. Right. There's a couple of things throughout there. First of all, w- one thing that shouldn't be a barrier, but is is just getting them to recognize that masks work. I, I mean, that's it's become a new thing to say. Oh well, when Germany all were required to wear masks, their cases were higher than ours were when we weren't required to. Yeah, well, Germany also tests all of its citizens and we don't. So, you know, like, you know, there's a lot of confounders when they try and do these, they're called ecological studies. When you do a big population comparison, like this city had a mask mandate and that city didn't. And then you're like, but the infections were the same. And I'm all like, okay, what's the population density? What's the age breakdown? What was the compliance rate? What's the attitudes of the people? How many, what were their social distancing? How many vaccinated? I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that matter when you try and do those comparisons and that's not happening. So just re-upping the fact that masks do actually prevent, or I, I, I hate using the word prevent, I've been using reduce. They do reduce transmission. What I would tell them is that, you know, mask, mask requirements should be pegged to actual metrics. It's not when you get tired of wearing it. It's not when everybody else gets tired of wearing it and relaxes theirs. You should be looking at vaccination rate, test positivity, and case rates. Okay. So if you're looking at those case rates, you know, what's the actual transmission in your area? Hospitalization and death rates matter for public health. But in terms of actually knowing, like, is there a lot of COVID in this office? you've got to know local transmission rates. Test positivity tells you if 
there's enough people even getting tested and how many of them are positive. And then vaccination rates give you a sense of like, what is the sort of a base level of, I'll say quasi herd immunity because with Omicron, it does have immune evasion. Your, your vaccine, it can't stop most infections, but it'll stop some. So there is some protection there in that regard. But when you put those three things together, if you say, okay, you've got, and what those magic numbers are, I don't know. I would say that I would definitely, if you look at the, the CDC's like low, what is it, low, moderate, high, and substantial, I think, are there, there are four breakdowns. I would say nothing at high or above. You should even be thinking about removing a mask. And right now, we're, the whole entire country is insubstantial. Every single, there's not a single state that's not. We just are pretending like that's not the case. <laughs> the suspicious nature of Donald Trump's supporters is that they no longer believe anything any current or former government official says even if that official is Trump himself. In this clip, we can hear his supporters' reactions when Trump suggests taking the COVID vaccine. We did a great job on that. The ventilators, the equipment that we got, the cupboards were all bare, everything that we did. And then we developed a vaccine, three vaccines in three months, in nine months. And actually, I'll tell you, it was three days less, three days less than nine months. And it's great. And you know what? I believe totally in your freedoms. I do. Bree, you got to do what you have to do. But I recommend take the vaccines. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccines. But you got, no, that's okay. That's all right. You got your freedoms. But I happen to take the vaccine. If it doesn't work, you'll be the first to know. Okay. I'll call up Alabama. I'll say, hey, you know what? But it is working. But uh, you do have your freedoms. You have to keep, you have to maintain that. You have to maintain that. And you got to get your kids back to school. Trump was shell-shocked that that crowd was even Trumpier than Trump himself. (laughs) You see, right there, Tom, there was just another time when that son of a bitch could have helped save lives, but he didn't do it. And there have been, were so many times while he was in office, but let's think back to when he came, he returned to the White House from Walter Reed, where he received greater medical attention and care than anybody else could. And he walked up the stairs slowly, but he made it up the stairs and he looked out at the staff standing there and he took off his mask. And if he kept it on, people might have understood that if he can get it, I can get it. But he took his mask off. And then when he got the shot, he didn't have a photographer there for a a picture to put on uh, Twitter or whatever platform he's using. Same with, uh, with his wife. And right there was another example where he said, you have your freedoms. So he's excusing them not taking the vaccines, which he thinks he created. Although Florida is the new home state for the 45th president, it is becoming a hotbed of Trump acolytes to the point where they will all outdo each other. In the best position to do so is the state's chief executive, Governor Ron DeSantis. In this clip, we hear him speaking to a maskless crowd this past New Year's Eve, bragging about enforcing his state's lack of COVID measures. Well, good evening. We wish y'all a happy new year. 
And I'm glad we're going to be able to celebrate the new year in the freest state in the United States. year and a half in this country. Uh, Florida, we stood up for your freedom. We stood up for your rights. We were not going to let government take away the rights that, that are the gift from God, not from government. Florida, you can mark it down. We will not let anyone shut you down. I like how that that humming noise kept going in the background while DeSantis was speaking. That humming noise is actually what Omicron sounds like as it's going <laughs> around and just and just feeding on everybody in that crowd. It sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> Plus, that crowd screaming, that's probably the last time their lungs are going to be in any condition to do that. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> And also when he says, you know, Government didn't do this. God did this. It's probably the most amazing inadvertent self-own ever. <laughs> like he says, please give me your applause, even though I didn't have a fucking thing to do with this. What a disgusting human being he is. And he continues to advance his political career off the dead bodies of his citizens. Yeah. What I was going to say is I worry he's going to be our next president. Oh, he thinks so. New York City is one of the many urban areas requiring proof of vaccination for someone to enjoy public accommodations. While a vast majority of the city's residents and visitors are willing to comply with these safety measures, there is a handful who believe them to be unjust. And, of course, they will be the loudest, as we can see and hear in this clip of an impromptu protest at a Burger King. Cops are here. Who is willing to lock it on with me? Who is willing to lock it on with me? Oh Lord. Go it's so funny, Sad. Who's gonna lock it on? This is a good one. I want to know who will. I can't. I just can't. Mandates are not laws. 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 Mandates are not laws.
That, that's the hill they decided to die on, like that and Cheesecake Factory, right? They had a whole sit down where they mobilized the whole Cheesecake Factory. Did you guys hear about that one too? Like what? Next, next is Arby's and, and our Applebee's. <laughs> the Cheesecake Factory is a paragon of health. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the people in that crowd, they look fairly calm. They're like, I just want some fucking onion rings. Yeah, Tom, can you actually explain to me what I saw in that video? Because I'm so confused about who is on what side. And like, so the guy, I couldn't, under, I could not make out what the guy in the MLK shirt was screaming. And then the other woman at first sounded like she was yelling at him. And then I think she was on his side. I don't know whose side anyone was on. And I, I need a recap. I don't think they know either. I think it's the future of the anti-vax movement, basically, where they're all just devouring each other. Which they can't, unfortunately, because they need a vaccination card in, in order to be able to do that. So everybody in that video was on the same side? No, there were a bunch of people in line who were just trying to get food. And then there were okay. the, the employees, like, just, you know, <laughs> looking at their watches, waiting for their shift to be off. And then there were the people who were trying to stage a protest against vaccine requirements there. which In the, the middle guy, of the line yeah. of the other people. Okay. Yeah, they were trying to say, like, you know, we, we shouldn't. I don't remember why they chose that place i remember i remember when this video came out but I don't they wanted the to make the impossible burger more impossible to get <laughs> <laughs> i just want to say i like i know this is a, a audio podcast not a visual podcast but so many is everyone just a professional film crew in new york city people were <laughs> busting out like boom mics out of their backpacks and like filming i mean ridiculous you clearly have not done enough comedy in new york city abby all right <laughs> those of us who know <laughs> it, it was it, everybody's a got a tripod and a, <laughs> it's the continuation of the outdoor comedy boom that took place in new york city in the summer of 2020 they just you're right they actually it. just they actually just showed up there was an open mic at that burger king actually and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who books this <laughs> mask mandates and vaccine requirements have consistently been the source of major conflict and a huge conservative talking point Basically, a portion of Americans are upset that COVID and not mass shootings is the riskiest thing their children can experience in schools. In the mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a parent of young kids. I feel it, man. <laughs> Me too. In the county in which I live, people give our school system a lot of shit for closing schools, even when there only turns out to be a dusting of snow on the ground. There is another factor to consider. Yes. Our county's hospitals are so full of COVID patients that they are unable to handle even one school bus crash. Upon his inauguration, New Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin signed an executive order making mask mandates optional in the Commonwealth School District. His order was temporarily blocked by a court thanks to some concerned parents. And at the time of this recording, Virginia's legislature is pushing through a bill banning mask mandates for students. In this clip, we can hear Page County, Virginia Public Schools parent, Amelia King, and her anger about her child being forced to protect other students. No mask mandates. My child, my children will not come to school on Monday with a mask on. All right, that's not happening. And I will bring every single gun loaded and ready to, I, I will call every- okay, That's three minutes. You've gone past your time. It's a policy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'll see y'all on Monday. I mean, gun culture must be so common in some parts of Virginia that 
the, the one thing the school board members are upset about in that moment anyway, is the fact that she's gone past her three minutes. Like it's no big (laughs) thing. I mean, Devine, you're, you're, you're the, you're a parent of a kid in Virginia and Virginia schools. I mean, is this, I mean, you might be in a different area of the state, but I mean, is this, is this starting to be more common? Uh, yes. And the parents in my area sound just like her. She's not uh, a isolated case. Um, and by the way, Yunkin sounds like his family fucks chickens, by the way. But um, <laughs> I, 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 I kept my for the record for legal reasons. That's not true. To the best <laughs> of her knowledge. As far as you know, as far as we know. OK, speculation. <laughs> But I, I, when that video came out, I actually kept my kids home for two days. And um, I just don't understand why we can't stay home. And she threatened. She, that was a threat. And then she backed out. She almost got away with it. But then later on, uh, she got some penalty or something. But, you know, she was like, what, what were they, like toy guns? She, she meant, what did she mean? A water gun? Loaded with what, you know? I will bring all of my kids' super soakers to the next meeting. <laughs> I kind of wonder, I mean, as someone who lives in Texas, lots of similarities to Virginia, obviously, I mean, you know, you're the outlier if you don't own a gun here. I wonder if two things crossed my mind when that was happening. One, was her time actually up or was that the excuse they gave to, to shut her up? Two, I wonder if they knew better than to pick that fight, because when you're dealing with someone like that, you've got to pick your battles. And if I'm, I felt like she was baiting them and they just didn't take the bait because if they had tried to say, you can't threaten, then she would have gone off about Second Amendment gun rights and they weren't going to step into that trap. Maybe, maybe I'm overthinking it, but that's I, when I hit, when I run into people here who say stuff like that, I know they're baiting me, they, they want me to push back on it. And so when I just dismiss it as though they didn't say anything shocking at all, that actually frustrates them more. Mm. It's not only parents, but students who are weighing in on the mask debate. Fiona Lachelle's an eight-year-old girl was suspended nearly 40 cumulative days for not wearing a face mask in her school and became a hero to the right and to the anti-mask contingent, even scoring a seat next to her state's governor, Ron DeSantis, during a segment on the Fox and Friends morning show. The fame one gets from conservative media watchers got to Fiona's head, and she eventually morphed into one of their key target viewers and developed their vocabulary, as we can see in this clip where she speaks to her county's school board. Hi, I am Fiona Lachelle's. I was on my 36th day of suspension. Last night, my mom got a phone call about if I could go on the news with the governor. And my mom asked me, and I said yes. So if you didn't see the Fox and Friends morning news, you should go see me and the governor. He told you to stop what you're doing to me is illegal. And even though you guys are suspending me, I'm still going to stand up for what I believe in. And nothing's going to change my mind. That is not fair. I still have the right not to wear a mask, and I'm not going to wear one. I'm not doing, I'm, I'm doing this for other kids and not just myself. And I hope you all go to jail for doing this to me. And Mr. Berg, I want to say you suck, but. Turn off the microphone. Turn it off. Turn it off. Next speaker, come to the microphone. 
there's a certain contingent of Americans who make a fuss about public schools indoctrinating their children. But you know, meanwhile, that's not the public school system you know, no, uh, making her say that. You know what no. kills me about that clip? I'm doing this not just for me, but for other kids. Really? What about my kids who, if they get sick when you don't wear a mask, might accidentally kill their father? What about the kids that are friends of mine, that my kids are friends with that are immune compromised, that are going through cancer, start, you know, things. What about the kids who have a grandmother and, you know, yeah, are you doing it for those kids? Because what that, what the parents are teaching that kid is I don't give a damn about anybody else, but myself, my freedom matters more than your health or even your life. That's what they've taught their kid. That's not doing anything for anybody else. I just, that just, oh, I get angry. I can't I hear this. Think about it because I'm so angry. You know, kids say the darndest things that are written down and scripted for them and forced to say. It's amazing. <laughs> She's a guest on the next episode of Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, oh, two to one odds. She'll be singing Christmas carols on next year's Newsmax Christmas special. <laughs> In conclusion. The saddest thing about COVID deniers is they will be with us for a long time. Ironically, it seems they'll be the ones to really survive this pandemic. The ones that haven't are the martyrs of the COVID denial movement. They feel as though their heroes died because they were denied the Joe Rogan diet of ivermectin and whatever crap he and Alex Jones peddle on their shows. Their conspiracy theories about their deaths will be so outlandish, they will say in years' time that their comrades in arms in this movement will have been epstein of course, I don't believe the conspiracy theories that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide, mainly because Epstein was so committed to and believed in euthanasia. <laughs> oh, my God. The pandemic yeah. has really. <laughs> I started to say that was a groaner, and then I thought, well, yeah, sure is. <laughs> the pandemic has really helped me put things into perspective. My 77-year-old father, who has been smoking since high school, meaning he's been smoking for 60 years, has always given my family concern whenever he's experienced a lengthy smoker's cough. However, the pandemic has alleviated those concerns, as my siblings and I can look at each other and say, thank God dad might only have emphysema. <laughs> Doing Zoom comedy, I find I perform at various points in the day. For example, if I perform at Zoom comedy shows where time zone adjustments mean I perform in the morning, it means I end up waiting for my set to start while drinking coffee. And in a sense, my parents were right. If I pursued a career in comedy, then I would end up doing drugs at all hours of the night. <laughs> I've made some discoveries doing Zoom comedy. For example, I cannot wear green anymore on a Zoom show because thanks to my new green screen, I look like a disembodied head. And I don't want to add to my haters' fantasies and wet dreams. <laughs> when my nieces and nephews ask what I do, I tell them, I do adult stuff on Zoom. And then it dawned <laughs> on me. I probably should phrase it differently. What if I'm not doing comedy anymore when they're all grown up and they learn about what adults do online? What if they think I was into some weird eyes wide shut orgy scene bullshit and exposing myself for everyone in the Zoom room to see? I'm not sure that I want my nieces and nephews to think that I opened for Louis C.K. <laughs> I had a comment on a YouTube video of mine recently. In a video where I discuss my nieces and nephews, a user commented, I think it's funny he refers to himself as Uncle Tom. Well, yeah, I have nieces and nephews. My name's Tom, and that's just <laughs> what they happen to call me. <laughs> what a point to make. 
<laughs> Where was I going with that? I don't know. I like everybody to watch and enjoy me. Even the non-Einsteins. Keep them coming, everybody. And on that note, that's our show. I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Abby Millow, Devine Kerr, and Tara Haley. Hey, thank you, Tom. Good to see thank everybody. you, Tom. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, and Devine Kerr, and guest Tara Haley. Theme music by Euron Vandenurek. Executive producers Tom Myers, Matt Connerton for IPM Nation, and Eddie Carson for Odyssey Radio. Thank you for listening, and please visit TomMyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Ugly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Race. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, funny productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.